Good evening and welcome to a semifinal edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody is doing fantastic after a dominant 17-0 performance by the Dukes to win over Northern Iowa in the quarterfinals this past Friday night. And we're here to talk about that game and look ahead to next week and all. what an exciting time um, it is to be a Duke right now. As always, as we come to you tonight, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Rob, I did get a request at the game on Friday for us to um, see if we can figure out how to repost these on the blog itself on the website. <laughs> I know. I think we did that last year and then we didn't do it this year. So yeah, one just, of us will figure it out. It's hard. It's, I know. It's just, it used to be very easy with yes. the old uh, mm-hmm. WordPress interface. And since they went to this new, easier one, everything is more difficult. Mm. Um, I don't know how to get back over to the HTML. It's whatever. I'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. We'll figure it out. I, we couldn't, I couldn't. I, I don't know if maybe that's the only person who listened to them that in that fashion, but it was funny. So we'll figure that out. Uh, Rob, I also want to point out to everybody who does read the website, go check out the guest piece from last week. That was really cool. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was a really, really good piece. One of the we've had look. That's always been the best writing we have on the site is yeah. the people who win the prediction contest and are the guests. So thank you to everyone who has ever done that. Some of you have done it multiple times. Um, but last week was a story of a guy who played for the program in the early days of the JV football program. I think he was the first class of scholarship players, or so, um, and sort of. Lost touch with the school, moved away, and, and really hasn't been a part of it, and then got brought back by having a nephew attend JMU in the last few years. And it was really cool. I thought it was just a real honest piece. He also uh, left a little bit out. I mean, the guy, he yeah. um, could have gone off and brag. In, in his little hiatus away from JMU fandom, yeah. it wasn't like he was wasting his time. He went no, to no. a PhD from the University of Texas. Right, right. <laughs> it's well, like a, like a nationally renowned expert in um, whatever his field is and is a lecturer at all these different schools. So really interesting guy. Uh, it was It's just a thrill. Every time people mm-hmm. submit things, like I'm just blown away. I'm kind of humbled because people really just kind of bring it. And I like how the trend has been the past couple of years just for complete sincerity. Yes, me too. You know, and people just kind of very earnestly talking about why JMU matters to them. I don't know how that kind of started, but it's almost like built into it now where people feel like they need to talk about their favorite games from when they were at school or, or how JMU has brought them closer to their friends or family. Mm-hmm. It's just really neat. It, it's a nice little pick-me-up during the week. Yeah, it's, it's great. And uh, I don't know what our connection is there, Rob. We have three. That's, that's our third person we know who um, got, went on for JMU to get a PhD from the University of Texas. I know. Right? <laughs> some like, sort of pipeline. Yeah, there's some sort of pipeline there. So um, all of them very successful in their fields. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, one quick pro note from the week. I did see Ish Hyman had his first NFL catch. Uh, he had one catch over the weekend for the Tampa Bay Bucs. Uh, hey, a team that already – yeah, a team that already had three. Football reference. Can that's what I meant. That I mean, you get a catch yeah. in the NFL. That's a that's a real deal, you know. Yeah, so man. big congrats to Ish, um, and a guy who's really worked his tail off and sort of taken every chance that's been you know worked his way around the various sort of fringes of the league. So for him, I I, I got to imagine that was a big big deal. And and I know Tampa Bay has lost two of their receivers the last couple of weeks. He may actually get a, get some f- time on the field you know, significant time these last couple of weeks. So good luck to him. Uh, Rob, I didn't, I don't, I have no idea um, what happened tonight on the hardwood. Um, do we need to bring that up or not? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Duke's actually won. It was a chicken All nuggets right. game. I think they scored nice. 80 points, one going away. Uh, for once, the other team didn't shoot well. I guess we can chalk that up to some defensive improvements. <laughs> Maybe. Um, a bunch of guys scored in double, double figures, I think. I think Wilson was like five for five. I was just reading about it. I didn't watch cool. it. I didn't have time yeah. to watch. Um, Christmas had a decent game. But it was really a balanced effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing, I, I believe they were around 50% again from the free throw stripe. So that's something that's a little bit concern- <laughs> concerning. <laughs> a lot concerning, yeah. With conference play starts, is it next week against Hofstra? Yeah, I think they only have like two more. Two I think more. they got Fordham four this yeah. weekend. And, I'm sh- and I don't know, man. Like The conference seems to be a little bit tougher maybe than people anticipated mm-hmm. i mean samantha huge it's gonna kill me if, if she ends up if she has, like if this right. was a good miss for her this yes. was not a good move this was not well planned william mary's playing some good basketball playing for delaware has been the real surprise team mm-hmm. i think they lost over the weekend but 
Um, I think they lost to Nova mm-hmm. Saturday or Sunday, but they, I think they got like seven or eight wins and a couple of tra- they got a transfer to become eligible. Okay. So it, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough league, but Jenny's got the talent to play mm-hmm. with any team in the conference. It's just a matter of getting some sort of cohesiveness on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't see it. I mean, a lot of those teams are surprises and, and they have, there's some, you know, good things early on. But I don't, I don't see it's kind of a runaway favorite here. No. I like somebody who, I mean, you know, there's a couple other mid-major type leagues. I'm thinking of the SoCon in particular lately. We've had three or four teams at the top that are, I mean, really tough. Yeah. You know, we saw what Wofford's done the last couple of years. I obviously been around UNCG for a couple of years. I mean, there's some nasty old school CAA teams. And the CAA. Wofford won at UNC for the second did. time in three years. And UNCG lost on a half court shot to NC State or would have beaten them for the second second time in three years yeah. over the weekend. So, yeah, no, there's some some tough teams for sure. So, who knows? Um, but hopefully ho- hopefully the Dukes can build on tonight's performance then. It's very yeah. it's good. See, n- nothing wrong with a win. So, Hope springs eternal. Yes, it does. Well, with that, um, we, we do want to just focus and have a good time talking about football right now. Um, that brings us to the Mossy Creek Four Downs, uh, brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the fly shop anytime and get a free sticker for mentioning the podcast. Um, I do know that someone was in, a couple of people mentioned the podcast, and one of them was like, the, the, the new employee was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the owner heard what was going on and like chased them down in the parking lot this weekend. <laughs> so I was kind of glad to hear that. Um, I hope you, whoever that was, I hope you got your, that sounds like maybe you got a bunch of stickers and, and hopefully you weren't, dis- shopping. Right, weren't disappointed in us. Um, so big thanks to those guys. Yeah, it's definitely Christmas shopping time. The shop looks amazing. There's all kinds of cold weather gear. I actually got in there before the game this week um, to get myself some cold weather gear. <laughs> so it was, we were well prepared on Friday night. Um, and actually, Rob, that was pretty cool. I don't know how that all happened with the school and us getting one of the discount codes. It sounds like everybody got a discount code. Um, yeah, it sounds like if you pay full price this week and you're a sucker, but, yeah, but use our code. <laughs> yeah. And just for folks that don't know, mm-hmm. Jamie Sports reached out to us. They're doing their best to really get creative and get as many people in the stadium as possible Friday night. I think they've mm-hmm. got whatever towels and giveaways and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, if you go, there's a link. We put it on the blog this morning. We put it on Twitter and Facebook. Follow the link for tickets, uh, $8 tickets with promo code SPORTSBLOG. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and fire it up. Eight bucks, general mission. I actually like general admission. Yeah. I've sat back there. I, I like kind of that corner back by the end zone. Mm-hmm. I kind of like sitting behind the band sometimes. Yeah. It's a little different, but you get a great view of the scoreboard. It's nice and loud. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you can go sit on the quote-unquote student side and just park wherever you want. So great deal. Eight bucks. Get in the stadium. Have a good time. Tell all your friends. Use our code. Once again, sports blog. I think there's like one for the Harrisonburg alumni chapter. There's all yeah. different ones. but Yeah. Look around, use one of these codes. It'll encourage the school to be creative and do more of these promotions in the future. Yeah, I thought they I, – I, credit to the school. They, they got on this really early. I didn't even know – I mean, I wasn't even home from, home from the weekend when you already had this up and running. Yeah. And then today I saw they're doing, like, rally towels for the first 3,000 fans. Yep. So they're certainly doing everything they can, and kudos to JMU for doing that. I'm a little torn about it. I, we're not, I don't want to talk about um, anything other than to say Friday night was awesome. I had a wonderful time as you and I mentioned, and we've already done the attendance discussion. Um, Rob, you'll be glad to know. I got a couple other people come up and say they really appreciated the way we handled it. They thought we handled it rationally and maturely um, in talking about it last week. So that was kind of cool and made, made me feel good. Um, It is hard, right? I want my tickets, but it is like, $25. Like if you're our friend, Kevin, who sits in front of us and buying five tickets for his family, like, is he going to pay $125 or is he going to pay 40? Yeah. You know, like that's a hard call. Now you do get your parking along with your regular tickets and stuff like that. Um, And I love our seats and I want to sit there again, but when you're sort of, um, you know, when you're, it's one thing when you're splitting them with friends who are going to pay you back, but I don't know. Anyway, so it's just a weird thing. Um, and the crowd that was there Friday, as always in the playoffs, those that were there were great. I think I heard from you, Rob, and other people that, you know, it sounded good on TV. It did. It, it did. It sounded know? like a good crowd. Yeah. And there was nobody from Northern Iowa at this game. 
Um, I, don't, I don't mean that negatively or bad. I just, there wasn't anybody. I think we saw a couple of years ago, like we might be able to expect a few Weber fans this week. So that'll be interesting. Um, but Rob, let's get into it, man. You want to start us off on first down here? Well, this one, I mean, this one kind of yeah. writes itself. We got to talk about this defensive effort. Yeah, I got a bunch of things written down on this. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really just stunning. That This was not a case of, like, it, it wasn't fluky. We can talk about Northern Iowa's offense or how it's limited, and that's fine. But this mm-hmm. was the second lowest yards they've ever gotten under that coach in 19 mm-hmm. years. I think it's the first time they've been shut out in 18 years. I mean, they are not, you know, the greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Warner, Northern but, Iowa Panthers, yeah. Yeah, but but they are more than capable of putting up, oh, 200 yards or so. Yeah. They had, what, 114 total yards? Yeah. Uh, zero yards rushing, and granted, that's the weird NCAA thing where sacks count against it, but it was just incredible. Like, after Jamie scored that first touchdown, that yeah. was it. That was all they needed. Like, as fans, I got caught up in the heat of the moment, too, where it was, I like, too. frustrated by kind of the, the stumbles and the not taking advantage of opportunities. Um the other way to look at it, though, is like just that defense was so dominant, it completely changed the entire game. And they might have gone in there with, with some sort of approach like, hey, we're going to slow it down. We're going to play kind of a time of possession mm-hmm. based attack, or we're just going to try to take care of the ball. Well, they didn't even do that, really, <laughs> yeah, no, no. in terms of taking care of the ball. But the defense, like Northern Iowa could not move the ball. No, they, not point, like, they were like, oh, you know, three plays, eight yards and a punt. You're like, Ooh, eight yards. That was a good drive. Good drive for them. Right. You know? They didn't cross midfield until there was like a buck 20 left in the game. Yep. And Jamie was already in full celebration mode. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a, what are they, five sacks. Yep. Daco was amazing. Holloway was terrific. He's playing just great ball peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's weird when we think back to what is recently, it's probably five or six weeks ago. I know I personally was very concerned about the safety play. Mm-hmm. Amos, Amos and Smith have been terrific. Terrific. And Davis um, has been Davis up has too. been great. I mean, like, it's really become, a, you know, a, a bit of a strength of the team. It has. It has. You know, I, just, I, I don't know. Like, I, everybody yeah. was freaking out about the score and this and that. But, like, no. you got to focus on the D. That was just stunning. I don't recall every 114 yards, these bye games that we do against the, you know, you know, Central Connecticut, St. Francis State, or whatever. Right. They, they have more yards than that. Yeah. Yards. yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they could not do anything. It was just it was staggering. And the other thing, I, I actually kind of lost track of the bigger picture here. And Signetti in his press conference today um, slipped in as in his subtle way that he tends to have. You know, really, if you think about it, Monmouth scored on the first play of the second quarter to make it 21-21 yeah. with 14-54 to go in the second quarter of the round of 16 game. And so JMU, since that moment, has essentially played seven quarters of shutout ball. Yep. These are, this is the drive chart from those games. Punt, punt, field goal blocked twice. Yeah. <laughs> Downs, punt, interception, punt. Then starting this week, it was punt, 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 fumble, punt, fumble. That was the halftime. Punt, 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 downs, downs, the end of the game. I mean, that's seven quarters, 20 possessions, one blocked field goal attempt. So in 20 possessions, the other team has attempted one field goal, which they got blocked twice. And what, probably four rushing yards? Yeah, and has had like four rushing yards. It, it was unreal. Um, it, it's don't, yeah, don't let anybody, <laughs> particularly any Bison fans, tell you that this is not that this is not impressive from the Dukes. Um, yeah. A lot I mean, of teams played good defense this weekend. Only one shut somebody out, you know, and that's what it comes down to. And the contributions they're getting – I mean, first of all, you brought up Daka. He was unbelievable in this game. He was all over the place. Um, we love our guys from Hero Sports, Brian and, and Sam, but, you know, Daka was really uh, miffed by not getting on the first team. Um they they also left off Brandon Polk from all three teams. I don't know how that happens. Um, I, I did notice Nichols State's Dejon Dixon, who was also the best player I've seen in the playoffs, um, was left off all three teams. So I don't know what they're doing at wide receiver um, when there's a couple guys on there that we've seen, you know, be fine. But what a performance by the defense the, at all three levels. I mean, Holloway, leading tackler, 
as you said, Smith and Amos making good plays in the back. The line was outstanding as always. And Rob, the other thing on that, and I guess I won't make this my, I'll hold this for a little bit, but it, um, couple players to point out but it was just an outstanding outstanding effort um i don't know if you had any other things on the defense i mean i don't even know what to no i mean there's nothing to say like if you watch that game Mm -hmm. it was more dominant than the stats even indicate if that's Mm -hmm. possible i mean Mm -hmm. it wasn't just the fact there's they were just completely pushing people off the line getting in the backfield it it just physically physically dominant Um, yeah it wasn't just it wasn't just scheme it was scheme and all 11 guys winning their one-on-one battles. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was no weak links. It wasn't fluky. It was just absolutely stunning. I mean, yeah, that, it, that's a treat. Like no matter what happens this year, we need to remember what a fantastic and unbelievable effort that was Friday night. Yeah, seriously. It was fantastic. And it has been for a game and a half plus yeah. at this point. Hopefully they can continue that. And, and sort of on that, Rob, as I get on to my second down, I, I did want to talk about coaching. And how impressed I was on Saturday. And I, you know, the funny thing is I wasn't particularly impressed in the moment on Saturday, but as I, or Friday, but as, as I've had some time to think about it, it's only impressed me more. Um, on Friday, we were joking in the stands that um, with the JMU, what, what was going on in that game somewhere in some kind of garage or man cave somewhere in Texas or South Carolina I think Coach Matthews was 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 stripping and pouring bourbon and maple syrup all over himself, oh. dancing around in his recliner. Well, I, I was fielding texts from people being like, "Matthews thinks we need to pass more." You know, it was like... <laughs> he was so happy. Yeah. I mean, Percy rushed thirty three times for one hundred and twenty seven yards and a touchdown. Jawan rushed twenty one times for sixty five. It was like nineteen eighties um, NFC East football. Yeah, both of them averaged less than four yards a carry, but were fed the ball 54 times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really, really fantastic. I will say at the time, I think a lot of us, it was funny, right? They JMU went for and failed on fourth down once in the first half. And then there were other times that I wanted them to. Um, Harry had a great game. Uh, O'Kelly, we haven't seen, didn't see him in action against Monmouth. They put four or five inside the 20. Yep. In this game, under and, under decent uh, pressure too. They were oh, coming yes. after him. Yeah. yeah, and once they got up ten, it's really hard to look back at that game when you rewatch it and think of any particular. Like in the moment, as frustrated as I was that we weren't scoring and we weren't moving the ball and we were punting all the time, I don't think there was any drive when you look back in hindsight at the, especially the third quarter, even second parts of the second quarter where you think they made the wrong decision to play conservatively. I just think, I, I mean, I, I couldn't help but think that night that, A, I think Signetti and the coaches, they were prepared for much more biblical weather than the yeah. way it ended up. And I think they were concerned. Um, B, I think, you know, for better or worse, I think we all have to, and I think everybody would acknowledge, and I think Danucci acknowledged, he got, he got beat up a little bit there. He took a, a real shot um, in the first half. And... It didn't. It looked like there were some things that they they didn't want to put have him too exposed. Yeah, and that include and I think he didn't want to expose himself too much, including the one where he threw the interception in the end zone. And you know they threw an interception to the five yard line. They missed. You know, I'm not going to give Racky a hard time for the one at the end of the half, the long one, um, but the other one. You know they missed a makeable field goal. This game could have been could have gotten out of hand, but at the same time, I didn't feel like Signetti ever panicked that it wasn't out of hand. Like he just thought they're not going to score <laughs> or if they score, we'll take the reins off the offense a little bit. It, it well, was just... actually Todd it was funny because yeah. watching on TV, yeah. the, the, the announcers kept saying like, Oh, Signetti thinks you and I can't score. And I was like, why the hell would Signetti think the announcers could score? I, I did not understand. <laughs> right, right. I was like, these guys, are, what is going on? Like, what? who cares? Like, what did I miss? Like, right, right, and I was like, right. are they talking trash about you and I? Oh, no. like, it totally dawned on me. Like, what was going on? But yeah, it did have that sort of thing. Like, it's just the difference between coaches and fans. Where it is. I, I'm so glad you said that. Like, in the heat of the moment, I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, you know, 10 points. We're one missed tackle away. Like, one. Yep. Me too. I don't want to call it a fluke run, but one yeah, line missed, like, return, run. like fumble. Somebody yeah. breaks a tackle, and, and then it was just like, man, it's going over. But, like, they just 
on one, on one side, you actually need to kind of give it up to him for offense because if the plan was just to take the air out of the ball. 42 minutes. 42 minutes is 42 minutes. You right, know, like, right. They didn't have the ball. And that wasn't – so it isn't just a case of you and I not being able to score. They also couldn't get the ball back. Right. So they had a plan, and it was we're going to run and run the clock down. And, like, you know, that last drive, the one that didn't score, bled what? Six minutes oh, off the yeah. clock. You know, at that like, point, you're like frustrated, but you're also like, eh, game's over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Like, it, the point, yeah, we all wanted them to score there, but the point really was to end the game. And, and you know, we never, like you said, I felt in the stadium, we all felt at 10 nothing, like <gasps> it's close, right? Yeah. They have turned not close. it on. But it wasn't having, no. it's funny because then the next morning, getting up and watching NDSU, that was close. Yeah. Right, they they only won by six points. They yeah. were never ahead by two scores, and in went in the part of the game that mattered. And they could have lost at the end. And they absolutely could have lost both at the end. And they needed a huge break from the CAA officiating crew mm-hmm. to not fall behind in that game. Yeah, um, that is the different story. I think Signetti thought. I think it was pretty clear after the first quarter, quarter and a half. I think our coaches realized we just don't do anything stupid. This other team is not going to score. Like they're definitely not going to score more than three points. And... But even given that, like, I don't want to say they did things that are stupid, but they did make mistakes, and they still were able to do it. Oh yeah, well, the, and where they made the mistakes were, you know, they, they didn't kill themselves where the mistakes happened as much. No, you put it deep, but like, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was way more dominating than seventeen nothing. I guess the end of it, like, it's that's what I thought too. You, you stumble in the red zone three times, but yeah, they also got the ball right back, so it was like, yep. Nope. And I'm not going to freak out over the red zone stuff. Nope, me neither. That, no, was, a, no, no. that was a huge worry of mine earlier in the year. I'm okay. It was Friday night. Like you said, Nooch was hurt. They, did, they yep. wanted to take the air out of the ball and maybe play a little conservative for, I guess, kind of health reasons, mm-hmm. not to show anything. They only targeted Riley a couple times. Like, it just – I think it was kind of a one-off situation. But they were driving up and down the field. Um, I don't know. It just it, – it was very – unusual the difference between how i viewed in the in the moment and then even 15 minutes after the game yeah right right like, oh yeah, that's no zero. they scored on that opening time it was great they were first. like maybe we yeah. should be from the pure like entertainment standpoint maybe we should be happy that they haven't been scoring first because if this is what it looks like <laughs> right 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 you know, maybe yeah. it's a little fun just to go up and down and score touchdowns but yeah, yeah. It, it, the contrast between heat of the moment and then with the with the benefit of hindsight is really pretty staggering this week. Mm-hmm. And just to not freak anybody out, um, from all we've heard, you know, just sort of through the grapevine, um, Danucci is fine and, and seemed fine at graduation, his own graduation the following day. Um, and, we, we it, you know, it certainly seems like, I mean, I think both he and Signetti acknowledged he got stuck <laughs> and um, – you know, wasn't at his top, but appears to should be okay. And I think JMU in general should feel fortunate. Um, we saw you and I, a really banged up team. Weber lost their real stud running back in the game this week. He did come back in the second half and actually catch a short touchdown on a kind of a trick. But then play. he left again, didn't he? But he left again, and he didn't even look healthy on that play. It looked like maybe he was the only guy who understood how to run that play. Yeah. Like it was kind of a weird throwback kind of a thing. Um, you know, a lot of teams are banged up. It seems like Danucci survived. It seems like Brandon Polk, who definitely got drilled early on, you know, was no worse for the wear later in the game. Certainly a difference between – that's a guy who's, who's been hitting the Big Ten before. I think he's probably going to be all right. And, um, and Riley, you know, who last week was a little bit banged up, looked okay. And the same thing with Travell Wilson, who went down at one point. That scared this, me. It scared, really scared me in this game, but, but appeared to be okay um, in the second half. So – you know, JMU, I think, can feel really good going going forward. Well, that and was actually so, going to be the next thing I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. This We never know what's not being reported, but mm-hmm. from our from my perspective as a fan, this might be the healthiest JMU team ever to go this deep. Yeah, it really you know, might I mean, be. They're just like really fortunate when you see what happened to you and well, I. Well, and so far the least were... suspensions, let's knock on wood. Yeah. Having been through that remember a couple before. of years ago, it was like yeah. all these people, the word got out, and then they didn't officially announce it until what, right before – NDSU, the Fargo game. Fargo game. Even some of them, though, I don't think they just sat out and didn't announce. Whatever. Like, JMU is just, I guess we can start looking ahead now. But my big thought coming out of this game is they've gotten it done. 
They've mm-hmm. won different types of games. They've won with different weapons. And everybody seems to be peaking. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was exactly. a little bit – we talked about some of the struggles on the offense, but I think that was maybe attributable to the game plan. And then just being taken to extremes by the way things were playing out in the first that quarter. The quarterfinals. These freaking teams are good. Yeah, right? really. We were going to be good. That Whoever they play six, in the, if they, yeah, it's number six team in the country. country. They hold them to 114 yards, and they won by two touchdowns. Two yeah, touchdowns. That team plus. went to triple overtime with Iowa State this year. Like you know, like it, the, exactly. No. Like you, you don't think of it's a 17 point win, and so I think that qualifies, even though it's not lighting up the scoreboard. That would qualify as the old JMUSB slow blowout. Yeah, You know, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, wow, they won by 17 points. But I don't know. So all those things aside, I will say what, I was still very, very happy they punched him at the end. I know Me it was too. meaningless. I know they're going to win. I thought it kind of ended on a little bit more of a celebratory note. And I think they've got a lot of momentum going into this weekend's game. That's a very good point. I, I agree with you just from a, how they feel about themselves, how we feel about it, how it looks on the scoreboard. Just to see Percy dancing on the sidelines. and everybody. Yep. I, I think there might be not hanging your head, but it, Maybe you have a little bit of that self-doubt creeping in, mm-hmm. um, but they've got every reason to be confident. It just it ended on a very strong note. Ten nothing, well, seventeen. No, it, w is a W, yep. but I was and, really happy they punched it in. Yeah, and on that note, Rob, I mean, go all the way back to when we were doing the Chattanooga game and the Elon game, and I don't, you know, remember who was who, but there was a whole lot of Austin Douglas in there. There was a lot of uh, Solomon Van Horse in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we talked, you know, at the beginning of the season, one of the things we talked about the first three or four weeks was, gosh, they're, they're four or five backs. Sometimes you don't have any. Yeah. You know, nobody was in rhythm. And may, we hoped that maybe Signetti, you know, we had seen what he had done with Malcolm Summers, right? Yep. The, the kid from Elon who he had one bell cow and he rode that bell cow. And we had a sense that maybe he was holding back on his big boys here. And uh, to see Percy run 33 times. <laughs> in a game like that maybe it's that, good he only had eight or 12 carries those first couple of weeks. might be pretty good yeah, yeah might might be might be some long-term planning there and and then the other thing my fourth down rob just i wanted to bring up a couple extra guys again i mean we talked about harry but mj hampton had five tackles in this mm-hmm. game a guy who's really come on i think he and tucker dorsey are both younger players that have gotten a lot more time I and mean, i think we've seen azonima you know, pretty consistently throughout the season. But the two of them are names. I mean, I was just thinking about Hampton. He was second or third leading tackler in this game. Uh, you know, we've talked about him a couple of times, but we don't think of him in that Smith, Amos, Davis, you know, Brett, same yeah. level. But he's right there right now at this point. He's really grown. And then the other guy, holy crap, is it nice on the health front to have Charles Tut? Yes. He looked like he was back at full – 2016 Charles Tut speed this week. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a couple of tackles and a really nice pass breakup and just was, I, I, you know, I, it made me, we talked about in the stands, remember in 2016, Jimmy had been kicked off the team in 2015 and he, Houston gave him a chance to come back, but he didn't play him for a long time. Yep. But when they got to Sam Houston, when they, like when it got to the quarters and the semis and the Frisco, Suddenly, Jimmy was starting, pretty much playing starters minutes on the other side from Rashad. Mm-hmm. And Charles Tutt this weekend, who's, you know, been hurt, been hurt, been hurt. We've seen Wesley McCormick. We've seen Charles Carroll, all these other guys play. When it mattered, he was out there. And if he's healthy, he would be a big addition for these last potentially two games, you know. Yeah, I mean, so, he's got so much experience. But so guy, much. He's really never been able to stay healthy for a full season. And when he's healthy, he also has something you can't coach, which is speed. Yep. Right. I mean, just he was there this week. And, and as you brought up the secondary looking stronger, I mean, I, I thought Rashad played a really strong, especially in the first half this week. Um, you know, when this game was in doubt, I thought he was strong. And and they're going to get another quarterback. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the little Tynerton quarterback for you and I was not much of a threat. Um, I'm not convinced yet that Weaver's quarterback is nearly as strong as the quarterback they had two years ago. Um, that doesn't mean they're not a better team or that they don't have other players that are good. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Jamie matches up this week because they may get a slightly better version of Northern Iowa is what it appears. <laughs> so I, I don't know, Rob. I think um, with that, we should probably move on to Weber and just talk about what we're looking forward to. Yeah, I, I um, think what you just yeah. said 
pretty yes. much rings true to me. Like I watched a little bit of that game against Montana and it's all the perspective, you know, it's uh, the first thing that as JMU fans kind of bristled the notion of like, Oh, I, I bet you those other friends are going to see 17, nothing and all this. They don't know what it was about. Well, I'm going to do the exact same thing when mm-hmm. I look at the other scores. You know, I, I hate it, but yeah, I look at this. I'm like, no reason to be concerned. Oh, look, North Dakota state. That was, they only scored nine points. I'm like, there's a certain degree of that. Um, yeah. The games are just closer this year, but I don't know if you watched any of the game against. I Montana. did. I watched most. I think I watched almost all the second quarter, and then I watched the third and the second. I watched the whole second half of Weeper Montana. Yeah, I guess if, if I'm a the Weeper wheels fan, really came off for Montana's quarterback. Yes, that was not an impressive performance. God no. bless the kid, but it was just it was sad. It, those things happen. We've seen them as Jamie mm-hmm. fans. Yeah. Got through five picks. So if I'm a Weeber fan. I'm probably puffing up my chest and going, oh, man, RD got it done on a tough day with all sorts of weather. As a JMU fan, I'm going, man, Montana kind of handed them that game. Yeah, they did. You know, because we, yeah. we're talking here about Northern Iowa only getting 114 yards offense. Mm-hmm. And somebody can stat check this. I think we were only at 113. 158. Um, Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe uh, it, less with some penalties less, and stuff. Less, yeah, they had 88 yards rushing and 70 yards passing. Of the 70 yards passing – only six of them were to non-running backs. So only were, six of the completions, sorry, six completions of the 10 completions. They had 10 completions for 70 yards passing. Six of them were to non-running backs. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> like I think was, if you factor in the sacks, it's like 113 total yards. Yeah, it was, it really I mean, is they, they did bad. nothing. Um, no. Granted, I watched that game. You watched a lot of that game. Like, mm-hmm. It was snowy. It was not a lot of traction. It was mm-hmm. just one of these wars of attrition. Mm-hmm. But they kind of reminded me, I'd say Northern Iowa or maybe like a Joe Carbone or Stony Brook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and a team that plays really That's good That's a good defense. point on Stony Brook because they, they have the big defensive lineman that was so good. Yeah. I was just thinking, I mean, the, the strength of, of uh, Weaver State is their two All-American defensive ends, Joe Williams and yeah. Adam Rodriguez. They can rush the yeah. passer. It's um, kind of their – They really can rush the passer. And they the, did they've that got to their own John Daka type guy. Right. Um, they're sacks. running back. Josh Davis is a, you know, is only a sophomore, but has already been kind of on the All America teams both years. But he get, he's the one who got hurt this week, so who, who knows how they're going to list him? I, as we said, he did come back in the game for a play or two in the second half, but still did not look healthy. Um, they also, in typical Weber State, um, their coach Jay Hill. I think most JMU fans respect this program a lot, having seen them, you know, pretty much have JMU dead to rights. They had for on the ropes or on, on the, ropes. the canvas even, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rep was counting um, them down. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I tweeted something like great season. It's over. And then boom, the comeback happened. But all right. And Jay Hill, their coach was, you know, he, this is a guy who grew up as a special teams coordinator under urban Meyer at Utah. And we saw that this week, they blocked a punt for a touchdown. That was the winning, winning score in this game over Montana and their kicker, their place kicker um, is, I don't know what he was second team, all American this year or whatever. Um, really also, you know, made a field goal in the snow this week. So, Well, that's what I'm they, saying. Like, if, I, if I'm a Weaver fan, I'm not saying Montana gave it away. I'm saying our no. team is built to win close games like this. We're yes. defense first. We're game manager quarterback. We're going to mm-hmm. slug it out. So, like, they're going to try to make it just like last Friday night's game. But hopefully mm-hmm. they'll, they'll put up the one or two touchdowns they need. Um, that's going to be their goal. I, I'm not super scared about this game. I, no. think they're, I think they're capable. I think it's going to be a tough thing. But I think, Jamie, you just saw a really, really good defense, a limited too. offense. I think yeah. Weaver's a little more capable on offense, but not tremendously so. Um, it really it, no. it strikes me as like a, Maybe a little more model. well-rounded. A little more well-rounded, yeah. yeah. Um, but Just having the special teams be so elite, I think that helps them a lot. They've been that way for a few years. And their pass um, rush is elite. But, like, are you worried about yeah, Fornado not being able turnovers. to step up? Are you worried right. about the offensive now, line? I mean, th- this offensive line. And they line... do some weird things, Weber does. They do some of the sort of NFL stuff on defense, from what I can see, Rob, where they occasionally will drop a defensive end out in coverage and rush a linebacker instead. You know? Yeah. Or, I mean, they have such elite players at that defensive end position that they're able to kind of do that. Um, so, you know, can they confuse JMU? Probably a little bit. Um, can Weber make some plays? Yeah. Can Weaver hold JMU under twenty? And they're, you know, like I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really, mean, if JMU turns it over, yes, they can. But I'm, yeah. 
I'm not particularly worried about Jamie turning over. I think that was one of those things they learned the lesson. They'll be more focused. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of strength against strength, and JMU has many strengths. So it's like yes, we can pick, yeah, any, I think we, we can pick yeah. any unit and say, oh, you know, mm-hmm. JMU's receivers against secondary. But when it comes down to it, I think the biggest thing we could all point to, if you really, really get down to it, the improvement in the offense this year has been the mm-hmm. offensive line. Mm-hmm. So if there's one battle that I'm confident Jamie really winning, it's our offensive line at least holding its own against that pass rush. I think so too. This is a real, I, I was kind of, it's a, I, I got to think this is a kind of exciting opportunity for Jamie's offensive line. Yeah. You know, they faced a really tough defensive line and defense this past week. And now they get a shot to really, you know, against, I, I, I mean, it's hard to say Weaver. I mean, Weaver's in the top 15 defensively nationally. And they've got this big pass rush and all this stuff. Yeah, I think this is going to be a real step-up game for JMU. And the weather's certainly looking about as good as it could look this early out. I mean, we're still quite a few days away. But it looks like we should not have any of the concerns we had last week, um, this week in the Valley. And I'm really excited for this team. I'm, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to our predictions later in the week, but. Pretty bullish on JMU's chances this week. I am too. Yeah, I am too. And I, 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 I don't think, think we've seen JMU. And I also think we're down to the semifinals, and we've seen everything we've seen from Signetti so far this year, and and watching him coach everything we just talked about with him coaching this game on last Friday makes me think now that we're down to it, um, <laughs> everything might be on the table, like in terms of game plan and scheme and tricks and everything else for the first time all year with this team, you know? And, um, he, and yeah. there's, there's no finals, no classes. That was a distraction. Nope. Oh, he talked some level that, yeah. last week. Um, mm-hmm. They don't need travel. They're at home. Weaver's yeah. done with classes and all that too, but just having to come such a far trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know they, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They mm-hmm. remember that game from two years ago. Sure. They lost to another CA team last year. This is mm-hmm. the furthest they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think JMU probably expected to be here. Weaver yep. hoped to be here. Um, mm-hmm. Weaver's a great program. Quarterfinals two years in a row. Nothing. Yep. I mean, geez, during the Mickey years, we would have loved that. Absolutely loved that. You know, I, yeah. I'm not going to turn my nose up at or say they're not at JMU's level. JMU is playing. We might look back one day. Hopefully we don't, but we might yeah. look back and say, man, we didn't realize how good we had it. Um, it it's never yeah. going to be better than this. JMU is really in, in rarefied air. Here. You know, the idea that we're just going, oh, semis. Six, seven years ago, you and I would have been bouncing off the walls oh, thinking semifinals like house money, but now we're just, <laughs> yeah. we, we've gotten that taste a couple of years well, ago. Well, that's a little bit what you, when you said about 17 nothing and what you wrote today about Jamie being so dominant, I was like, you know, 2004, we're winning every playoff game 14 13. Yeah. feeling like this is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Talking about how Jamie I mean, is so clutch. They, they, they barely, come through. Yeah, they barely know? snuck out of Lehigh thanks to like. Right getting what like a fifth down or there's some sort of crazy (laughs) offside call or something like that and then the Furman game yeah they had come down running in the end and then William and Mary going up big but then kind of holding on and yeah it's not this is just one of those things like they won 17 points against the top 10 team in the playoffs yeah Yeah, yeah. and people are kind of picking nets yeah yeah no that's where we are we're really fortunate I I can't that's what I was so excited to do this podcast with you tonight Rob because I was just thinking about that and just how lucky we are to be doing this the last few years and to be doing it on a, you know, heading to a semifinal game after last year and losing Houston. And I mean, Kurt Signetti is what is he, 13 and one. Yeah. With the loss to West Virginia. I mean, what else do people want? But it's just even like going back to what you were saying earlier yeah. about the tickets, but Jamie reached out to us before the game. Like the program yeah. is just a different level where they're, they're starting to plan for the contingencies mm-hmm. slash maybe I'm sure mm-hmm. like most people listening already got the tickets for first just in case they're just so prepared our has literally been raised for this yeah. program um, and every from fans to players to coaches to mm-hmm. the ticket office to the everything mm-hmm. about it is just more prepared and now this is kind of the standard that we all judge the program to be at Yep. That's that's crazy. When you and I started this blog, what, ten yep. years ago? Never yep. in a million years did we think did we think no. It would be like year in, year out, like, oh, we're gonna be a contender. And back in the day, like Jamie was always ranked top ten because they just kind of put 
two or three CAA teams in there through, you know, mm-hmm. a couple SOCON teams. But it was really more, I don't know, like gifted yeah. than earned. Yeah. You know, how many times was JMU in the top five and then they just fall out altogether? Yeah, I'm thinking about like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, like, it's just 2009. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like, yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy to see how far the, the program has come. And, and how you're much right. Fun I mean, I'm already getting uh, to think just in the last three, four years, too. Um, you know, I got an email tonight, Rob, I haven't even shared with you guys about the Frisco tickets. No, I got it too. And, That's what I'm yeah, about. yeah. And I may not, uh, you know, this may be the first year I'm not, you know, I've kept season tickets since 2000, whatever, uh, eight, what have you, we've had them. Yeah. Um, but we may not make it to the cutoff this year for Frisco tickets. Now there's more reasons for that. There's less, just so everybody knows, it, it appears there's less of an allotment for each school this year than there were the other two years that JMU went. Um, there may be, there will be more tickets on the secondary market this year just because there's more seats in the stadium. So um, it's, it's a weird thing, but for anybody that everybody kind of knows in 2016, Youngstown returned tickets that went to JMU, which gave JMU a, you know, bunch of extra tickets. And then in 2017, uh, Frisco, they didn't advance sell those tickets in the end zone where they finished the construction and they just got like approved to let people sit there like a month before the game. And so there were a lot of extra tickets that they gave to the schools um, in 2017 as well. And this year, those tickets will be, have already either, I guess they've already been sold in the secondary market, but one way or the other, they'll be out there. Um, but that's kind of a, <laughs> that's a super inside ticketing um, for, <laughs> for, for the championship game. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's just funny I, I, to think that, you know, a couple four years ago, we could have been, we were like, you know, I don't know. You didn't have to do anything except have season tickets to be in the top 500 Duke club people. And now yeah. you're like double down, down from that. Even if you've kept season tickets all those years, um, which is, you know, that's, don't get me wrong. That's tough on uh, some of the fan base, but it's also, you know, a huge credit to what's developed at the top end of the fan base in, in terms of economics and, and nothing but good for the program. So it's awesome, Rob. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, we talked about this last year. We talked about it in 2017, when we first started the podcast. Um, this is whatever the good old days were. They weren't like this for JMU. No, they were not. They were not like this. So, I mean, you think back, yeah. Todd, like right now you've got people complaining mm-hmm. and we've been a part of this. Again, I don't mean to yeah. act like we're putting anybody on blast. We have been no. a part of this, but we're discussing the frustration with 10,000 people attending a playoff game Yep. versus the very first unofficial watch party at Summers was what, me, you, Dreek, and Rich? Yep, that's it. And that's Four. it? In 2004? Yep. Four of us. Mm-hmm. We came there with a loose leaf piece of paper with satellite coordinates. Yep. And the people said, We will show the game if you guys are we don't and then the next week, what was it? I think we ended up we went to Roadside, people, I think. Roadside, roadside was Furman. Yeah, it was Furman. Yep. Furman. And there were like maybe two hundred people there. Yep. And that was mind blowing. We were like, Oh my gosh. Right. Earlier that year was like the first watch party I'd gone to. I think the William and Mary game. Yeah, it was. Lost. It was a joint watch, watch party. Yeah, a Coyote Ugly. Yeah, with <laughs> William and Mary fans. With yeah. William and Mary fans. And there were maybe 30 of us. And we're like, man, can you believe this? Yeah. We're watching our alma mater on television. Yes. At a bar. Right. You know, and just to think of how far it's come. And then you went to Chattanooga. Yep. I was up here. I went to the watch party at Crystal yep. City Sports Pub. Which you know they had two floors and it was packed like on a wall, but it's it, it's yeah. you, you cannot believe for younger fans. Yeah, you cannot describe how far this has come. And 2004 for us, we were like amazing. People were like, yeah, emailing friends like, you guys got to get on this bandwagon. It's not like when we were there. Like right. you can you can tailgate now. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. It was nuts. Like I went back. The first game I've been back to in years was the Delaware game, 2004. The Cortez Thompson. You know, mm-hmm. no flags, no flags. We tailgated over by the old baseball stadium, mm-hmm. and it was, I don't know, maybe 150 people in the entire lot, mm-hmm. and we, we're, our minds were blown. Yes. And now here we are, like, we're complaining about lack of attendance in the playoffs and 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is not where we want it to be, mm-hmm. but let's have some perspective. It, this is kind of a bit of a slow climb. We're all getting mm-hmm. there. 
mm-hmm. and just think of how far God willing yeah. we might take this in another 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's really, really amazing. Even 2008 when they were, you know, a top team, everybody knew coming into the season, um, you know, they were good. They might be good. It, it, it started off, you know, it, it was great all year, basically. It was good, but like but people I didn't know. People like, oh, I, well, yeah, we went be, to those playoff humans. games. I mean, yeah. the Vill- Villanova game and the Montana Wa- game. We parked Wofford? in Pilot, and we weren't Pilot people. I don't remember how that all came together, but like Bob Barton. Yeah, it was very easy to like. It, yeah. You were able to like, but you were able to like source it easily, right? <laughs> now people are like, and leave at halftime. To yeah, oh, get you more leave and come back, and all this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I, I think of all of this is. Yeah, we, we do need to take a step back, and it's a good point, Rob. We need to keep some perspective on this. Um, yeah, JMU is going to their third far. semifinal, making their third semifinal appearance in four years uh, under their third coach in six years, which is also incredible. Um, you know, our fourth coach in seven years, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, and it would be ludicrous to start talking about dynasty, given and no, North Carolina no, no. State, is, it State dynasty? is the dynasty. Yep, and. That's the bar that has been that has mm-hmm. been set very very high. We're not going to reach there, but once you take that away, mm-hmm. man, this is a hell of a run for JMU. It really hell is, of a run. and it might get a lot better. Could get a lot better in the next three or four weeks. Yeah, and, and I, said, we'll 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 save this for maybe next week if we have, or we'll have. We may even have two. You know, we may have two podcasts between. If we're lucky enough for them to win this week, we may have another chance to talk about these things, but. I don't know. I don't know what to make of the early signing day stuff, Rob. So it's that time right now. And um, there's, you know, potential, but also fear among JMU's getting some, you know, drawings, drawing a lot of interest from a lot of places. I'll just say yes. that. Right. Yes. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes, as Mickey says, stars get you fired. You yeah. Know? So who knows? Um, yeah, that's the second time we've come back to Mickey tonight. So yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I mean, Signetti was recruiting coordinator at Alabama. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust yeah. that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he seems and... to have had a real consistent, clear approach since he started here from day yep. one at JMU till now. Yep. He seems to have had a very clear vision of how he wanted this to go and what kind of kids he wanted to draw. Um, so for now, I'm gonna. I'm going to enjoy the fact that he's 13 and one and seems to know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> so, yeah. more, more so than we do. More so he than we do. And maybe Friday arguably night. more so than, you know, we'll, I guess we'll find out this week, you know, arguably as much, at least as much as any other JMU coach ever has. Um, looking pretty good. Yeah. Pretty and, good, and we sure. didn't talk about that. That would be the last real football thing, Rob. Um, we kind of in the parking lot before the game this week, um, we talked about Friday night. We just, we really wanted to win on Friday. Not that we were, you know, super concerned. I mean, we, I think we thought, you know, we thought highly of JMU's chances. But it felt like if they could get to the semis, sort of all the Signetti questions would be answered going forward, right? And anybody who was left wondering, you know, it'd be hard to complain. It's, it's just, it's hard to complain about a Final Four team. <laughs> oh, it'll you be know? easy for some it's, people. It will be easy if they if they lose this some week. People, some people, people will be easy for them. Right, right. Those people but are I, crazy. But. Yes, people are crazy. But I think for rational fans and, and for bosses like athletic directors, you got to feel pretty good. You know your your job. And and I don't I, look. Signetti will be the first one, I'm sure, to tell you if they lose this week, he'll feel like it's a massive disappointment and a massive underachievement given the um, team that he had on the racket to start the season. Yeah, but, I mean, he's the third JMU coach to ever go to the semifinals. That's what I mean. It's like, whoa, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Here, yeah. yeah. I mean, Mickey, we, we talk about, like, how the Mickey years faded. It was disappointing. Mickey was a hell of a coach. Hell, yeah. Mickey is a legend of JMU. Mickey, we and I, you and I have talked at length about how we hope that he's all come back and there's a big mm-hmm. Mickey day. And, you know, he took the program to such high levels. He went there once. He didn't go deep in the playoffs that often. No, he so, went twice. He twice. went to the semis in 08. You know, it's like championship in 04. Yeah. yeah. And that's that. And But for mm-hmm. that, he's rightfully in the Pantheon. Should be. You know? Well, and I think about that. I mean, think about a program like Weber right now. They're yeah. coming back to JMU for the second time in three years. Somebody, they a program they consider to be right at the top. They you got know? a coach who's been there for nearly two decades. Right. And they're coming back to the 1B, you know, 1A, 1B program in in FCS and they're thinking the way we used to feel when we go to app state and 
06 or whatever. Yeah. Right? Jimmy Laycock has a freaking building named after him. Right. He made it there once in like 40 years. You know, like this right. is a big deal. Yes. Really, really big deal. Yeah. And it doesn't need any caveats about who's there or who's not, who's in the level, you know, no. anything like that. You make the final four, you make the final four, yep. I, you know, it, it, and this is pretty great. And I, I, I mean, look, I want them to win as much. We both want them to win as much as anybody this week, but let's all enjoy this week. Um, enjoy the fact we're still talking about this. Enjoy the fact that NDSU only won nine to three. We can all kind of wonder what might be ahead. <laughs> um, they got the a root- tough Montana state team too. I was going to say, I don't know. You know, I know they're favored, you know, they're both JMU and North Dakota state are favored, but yeah, no, I don't know who I'm. Yeah, Montana state looks as good as anybody in this tournament right now. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and by the way, for JMU fans, this is, uh, I have to say Rob, uh, one, thing i'm personally kind of excited they're playing at 6 30 this week um i think it'll be kind of fun especially if the weather holds and isn't terrible yeah um, there were jamie fans who wanted the other game and we kind of heard that jamie was probably gonna get the late game i don't think it really matters there's a bunch of nfl games there's a bunch of bowl games i don't know that it really was going to help any of these four teams to like bust through the needle no sort of you know on this particular saturday um but it is, I don't know. I just was, I'm kind of excited for them to have the late game and this should be fun. I mean, these night games at Bridgeforth are something else. Yeah, they're fun. Don't, don't get these very often. So hopefully a lot of people can make it back. Um, 6.30 to 9.30, you'll be back in Richmond or DC at 11.30, even if you make a day trip of it. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> uh, but just, just stay the night. <laughs> yeah, just stay. Maybe just stay the night. Yeah. Stay the night. No, yeah. no. Have an extra, yeah. have an extra uh, three notch and just stay the night. Yeah. Go to Pale Fire before the game. Speaking of, um, big thanks to Pale Fire for supporting us all this time. Um, this is just, they've been great. And go by the tap room anytime. You mentioned the podcast, you get a free pint glass from Pale Fire. You can pick up lots of Christmas gifts, big growlers, t shirts, hats, all kinds of stuff um, from the folks over there. They've been showing the JMU games in the tap room, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know if it's going to conflict with music or what this Saturday, but still pretty cool, um, even for the local folks who aren't at the game. But hopefully everyone in the whole town and the county and the surrounding counties will be at the game this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited for it. I do think, you know, we saw a couple of years ago, Rob, that South Dakota State game. As much as the students are gone, um, I'm hopeful that the attendance will pick up this week, especially if the weather's good. Uh, and I think there's a lot of fans who – you know, when you're playing for a chance to go to, go to Frisco, and I think it, it's a pretty attractive thing. And I'm definitely hopeful, you know, for some people, maybe they'll have a little more, little more space in the schedule this week. Who knows? I would think if I was a student, mm-hmm. this weekend game might be more attractive than the last weekend. I can, yeah, it really I, might. I can understand getting out of town, like, don't finals. You just want to mm-hmm. get the heck out. But then it's like you're home for a little bit and you want to go back, party with your friends for Christmas, make your New Year's plans. Like, I I don't know. You were, when I came home from break, I loved seeing my parents and everything. I liked catching my high school friends, but I also didn't mind trying to come up with an excuse to get together with my JMU friends. Yeah. yeah, There's not much of a better excuse than a semifinal playoff football game. I think that's right. Yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing. You like go home and like for a night or two, it's really fun to catch up with your high school friends. And then you're kind of stuck in somebody's parents' basement. Like, not really able to do what you would be doing if you were at JMU. <laughs> or, geez, you guys used to end up, when me and DeCapity and Gasser lived together, yeah. I felt like we had borders for, like, the whole break. You oh, yeah, and we would Nelly all come over. You'd all come out. over. Yeah. We'd have to work, and you guys would be, like, hanging out playing foosball. <laughs> right, we had right, that yeah. bar in the living oh, room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all day long. <laughs> we'd get to go to work, and you guys would just, like, go home, shower, come back. We'd head out to Whitlow's, whatever we'd do. So. Gasser had, like, fancy liquors I'd never even heard of. And yeah. I was like, hmm, what you is absolutely... You guys would <laughs> I feel like we had a hostel for current JMU students. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah. Oh, All right. Well, funny. you want to do? You get yeah. A let's quick do a quick update? overtime. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got more good suggestions. Thank you for people. This one's from at Ryan Barto. He said, "Kind of in honor of Top Gun, mm-hmm. obviously a movie with some pretty terrific nicknames. Oh, what are our, some of our favorite nicknames?" And he said, "Sports, entertainment, whatever, music." Mm-hmm. So we're just, we we did not think about this at all. Nope. <laughs> we did the typical like oh we should text about this but then we didn't even think about it till two seconds before it started recording which means i'm gonna let you start 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to say one more um, thank you and goodbye. I thought the team did a great job um, acknowledging and wishing Tony two bags well as he uh, <laughs> as Anthony Rendon heads off to California. So that was kind of my first one. I, I certainly enjoyed all the Tony two bags and Tony four bags at times references um, and uh, whatever double entendres might have been included in those. Uh, but a huge part of me watching my hometown baseball team win a World Series for the first time ever. So, yeah, well, that, yeah. that's good. And now, yeah. what did he say? He didn't want the Hollywood lifestyle, so he went 30 minutes down the road to Anaheim versus that's right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Whatever. I'm glad he went to the AL. Had fun over there. I'm glad he didn't go to the Phillies. <laughs> we might finally get to see Trout uh, some decent balance. Yeah, it will be. Because um, Rendon, like, even as a Mets fan, that guy grossly underrated. Yeah, grossly. You look at the stats. I mean, save that MVP year. Yeah, he was better than Harper pretty much every year they're on the team together. And Mm -hmm. that's not a knock on Harper. That's just no. Rendon, you know, he's an MVP caliber type player. You play a premium defensive position and everything else. Just yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm gonna dip back into the '80s, and I think a couple of mine are are more of the um, nicknames for people of larger carriage. So. That's I'm going to go with Charles Barkley, the, the round mound of rebound. Yes, that's such a good name. I just thought that was so great. I don't know why. It made me laugh. And also ridiculous. It wasn't like he was some sort of giant person. Just, I guess by NBA standards, if you're kind of 6'4 and 6'5, whatever it was, a little bit like husky, not cut, you get called fat. But I I, I liked watching him play. I liked mm-hmm. him commentate. And I just <laughs> thought the round mound of rebound was an all-time great nickname. Oh, it was. That's really Oh, so good. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, mine, I guess, 90s, 2000s, uh, but prime time. Yeah. Really, really, I, you know, come on. It's not like the most creative nickname ever, uh, but no one has ever been more prime time than Dion. It's, it's funny now because Dion's like kind of a caricature of himself on TV. And I don't even mean that in a bad way. Like, I mean, he's fine and fun, but it's, it, it gets lost, like, how fun to watch he was as a player like to where his his talent was so good that it whatever you felt about him good bad or indifferent in terms of all the antics and the nicknames and everything else oh my god like you know so amazing i mean i i hate the cowboys he was a cowboy right i didn't like the 49ers he was a 49er but man was he good so. yeah indifferent about the falcons when he was falcon <laughs> yeah but but and primetime was just it was i mean he was an embodiment of that nickname. So. He also was a little bit of a of an innovator in the sense, like he orchestrated that whole thing to variety and create his own brand. Sure. I mean, like in college, in, in college, yeah. like yeah. he came up with that whole thing. Like people can talk about him now. Like the whole idea of him being in the running for the Florida State job, which was a farce, <laughs> was crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's running. But you got to give the guy credit. Like he mm-hmm. had a plan and he executed it in college. Came up with that whole thing. Realized nobody's going to pay attention to some defensive back. And he made himself into one of the biggest stars in the country. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, keeping with my theme of um, large people nicknames, kind of go Jared Lorenzen. Oh. You know. With, oh. Yeah. oh, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Who actually was an amazing guy. Amazing to player. Amazing yeah. player. Um, great backup for a Super Bowl winning Giants team. But the Pillsbury Throwboy and Hefty Lefty yes. are just all-time great nicknames. <laughs> from, from an all-time character, may you rest in peace. Yeah. But go back and watch. Like, it was, you know, people talk about like the fat guy touchdown or the Piesman. Yeah. Lorenzo did not look like he was a quarterback. Amazingly athletic. Um, incredible. Um, amazingly mm-hmm. quick feet. Had a cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. Just so much fun to watch and just such dumb, fun nicknames. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. It's funny because I feel like the nicknames now, it's like they're created most of the time. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, that's, like King James, I don't. I don't no, I, I was thinking that. about like I, Iverson. I love, but the answer it, it's fine, but it's not like iconic. In the, I yeah. don't know. I mean, he's iconic, but that both of them are. But I don't think that it's not like those nicknames. I don't know. Whatever. No. They're not. Uh, they're not the next one. They're not sweetness or refrigerator, no. right? Yeah. I mean, you were probably going to say fridge last if you're doing the hefty people. No, but, I'm, I'm I mean, going to break off from that for my last Refrigerator one. Perry. I mean, come on. That's as good as it gets. And yeah. Sweetness for Walter Payton. I mean, unbelievable. Um, 
Yeah, those are those yeah. were my ones I was thinking of. Yeah, because they also just they're so descriptive, and you know exactly what you're thinking of. They're perfect. Yeah. I guess with with an honorable mention to Andre Karolenko and AK47, <laughs> yes. which was a great nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Vinny Johnson, the microwave. Yeah, oh, so good. Which yes. I just I just loved. I think did Danny Ainge give it to him? I don't know. Because like, so he can good. heat up so quick. And like, Vinny the microwave. Yeah. I just thought that was so clever when I was a little kid, and I was like, it's true. Look at him. Oh my gosh, he just gets hard. Like, I just thought that was fantastic. And, uh, I don't know. That, that's just a better time. There were better nicknames in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Well, Rob, I, I have um, uh, two last things to say on this topic of one is I think we both know the worst nickname we've ever been aware of. Which, which one is this? Stain. Stain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are you going to that, say? That, that's no. not good. Or I was going to say um, mole, which was. Oh yeah. yeah. Always bad. Cause um, you're so ugly. You should stay underground. That was not good. Well, my, but my personal favorite is my, my dad is tuna fish. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. I, I big know. tuna. Like big t- well, my dad, my grandfather that I did not know was big tuna. Oh. And my dad was tuna fish. Um, they looked identical. They both looked like Charlie tuna on the tuna can. Um, <laughs> they were both bald at like 20 years old. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very lucky that apparently it decided to skip a generation for at least a, at least a few more years here. But um, Yeah. No, so my my dad has always been tuna. His his dad was big tuna, from what I, I did, understand. I did not know that. That is yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. But yeah, Merry Christmas, Dad. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Rob, um, it's great to talk to you. I hope we get to do this with an equal amount of happiness and joy, and focus on the big picture next week. Um, I guess we'll I be focusing we on the big picture one way or the other. But yeah, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I am too. I'm, yeah. I'm going to enjoy it regardless. It's been a great season. Uh, I think the future is bright with Signetti, but in the long term, but I think it's very bright in the short term as well. And I'm, I'm really confident heading into this weekend's game. Yeah. And, and hey, one last thing. Um, big shout out to the, uh, all of the watch parties everywhere uh, around the country, around the world. I have, I'm back in Virginia this year, and it's been a lot easier for me to make more games. Um, but some of those meant a lot to me when I was down in Greensboro and in North Carolina and I'm glad to have, you know, had a small part in hopefully trying to, I heard from one of those guys today and, you know, felt good that they're, they're getting, they're trying to get together themselves um, down there. And I just, I heard Rob from our friend Drew who lives in Denver and hadn't been to one in many years. And I told him last week, I saw something online that, there was a watch party in Denver at a brewery and he went and ended up having such a good time at the Monmouth game um, and met some great people that he went back this week and, you know, called and left me a message just saying thanks. And that's cool. Yeah. And like, Mark is holding it down in Arizona. Arizona. Week in, week yeah. Out. We've seen San that, Diego, that Chicago, growing, yeah. Seattle, you know, I know New York city's done their thing. So, I mean, you know, for all of our talk here in Virginia, that can be very, uh, you know, parochial on some level. Um, you know, among the Richmond, Northern Virginia, about who can make the game and who can't and that kind of thing. It, it, it means the Tampa Bay chapter, I've seen them, even though they are Lightning fans. Uh, but, um, yeah. like, you know. And sometimes that's even more special when you're really far away and yeah, you can walk in and, you know, those, those 10 strangers who have the common bond, it, it can be just – it's just a different type of uh, experience. Mm-hmm. It can be even more rewarding. Well, I think and, I was reminded of that with our guy who wrote the post last week. Yeah. You know, just he's been in Texas all these years and suddenly there's, it's a big deal, you know? Yep. So um, hopefully everybody gets a chance to watch the Dukes wherever they are, uh, wherever they are in the world. Hopefully they get a chance to tune in this week and, and watch another win and, and think about what it might be like for another couple of weeks. Uh, so Rob, I will, uh, I guess with that, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. I hope everybody has a great week. Yeah. Go Dukes. <laughs>